0: All right, welcome everybody to another exciting edition of Eddie's 366 movies in 366 days challenge whatever you want to call it it's fine by me name it what you want um we've got a, an uh, uh an exciting film to check out for you guys one that i feel never really got the attention it deserved in a way i think this one kind of flew under the radar i don't know why there are films that are out there that feature what i call super casts right it's just you know one right after another, it's a heavyweight in the in the acting world, right? You know, guys that are champions of their own films and have been champions of their own films, and we've seen this plenty of times in history. Most recently, we've seen it in Knives Out. We've seen it on Murder on the Orient Express, so on and so forth. These films that just f- feature such an amazing lineup of casts that sometimes it works. A lot of times it can work, but there are times where, you know, there's that old expression, too many chefs in the kitchen, and it comes back to haunt you, but the film that I chose for today is one of those films, in my opinion, that features a super cast, but went completely almost under the radar, and it's directed by somebody who is amazing in his own right as well, I, of course... I'm talking about 1997's Copland.
1: In the city of New York, a crime is committed every eight seconds. But just across the river lies a quiet town called Garrison, New Jersey, where New York's finest return home. The hero cop, unwilling to trust the system, jumps from the George Washington Bridge. Today, he is laid to rest here in the cemetery at Garrison, New Jersey. So what brings you to our fair city? I heard it was a way of life out here. I thought I'd check it out for myself. Where we, uh, like the Amish now? It's a place where the sheriff wears the badge, but the cops own the town. My jurisdiction ends at the George Washington Bridge, but half the men I watch live beyond that bridge. where no one's watching, I'm watching. In fact, you're the sheriff of Copland. He always dreamed of becoming one of them. I'd like you to meet Sheriff Freddie Hefflin. Freddy's a hell of a guy. Well, you should call me. But now, he has uncovered something that could force him to choose between protecting his idols and upholding the law. Babbage isn't dead. You know it, and I know it. Do you have any idea how connected it is? It's over. The case is closed. You butt heads with these friends of ours? You're going to come out the head on? I offered you a chance to be a cop, and you blew it! Being right is not a bulletproof vest, Freddy! What are you going to do, Sheriff? you going to arrest the whole town? Everybody's watching you, Freddy. Sylvester Stallone, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, and Robert De Niro. Copland.
0: Yes, Copland, which was written and directed by James Mangold. For those of you who don't know he is, you should The man has directed such films such as Ford vs. Ferrari, Logan, Wolverine. I mean, it goes on and on, Night and Day, 310 to Yuma, Walk the Line, Girl Interrupted, so on and so forth. Uh, Copland was his second feature film that he directed, and it stars, this is the heavyweight cast that I'm talking about. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Peter Berg. Uh, Robert Patrick uh, Janine Garofalo Michael Rappaport I mean there are so many so many names in this film uh, even even faces we've seen in, in films such as Goodfellas you know stuff like that there's a lot of great actors uh, in this movie to say the least but the film is really all about one guy and that is Sylvester Stallone uh, who plays a sheriff in a small town, as you heard in the tra- in the trail that was played, uh, Garrison, New Jersey. Uh, Freddie Heflin is the sheriff there. And he's a guy who's always wanted to be a cop so bad. But because of an accident that took the hearing in one of his ears, just one, remember, he reminds you, it's just one. Uh, But took the hearing in one of his ears that he basically couldn't get on the force. So the next best thing, I guess, was to be sheriff of of a town that is basically... Garrison has a low crime rate because almost every resident of Garrison is a cop, basically. So what happens is Michael Rappaport plays a cop... Named Murray, Superboy Babbage. And basically he's leaving a bachelorette party one night. And somebody just randomly collides with his car on the highway. Flashes what looks like a gun at him. And Michael Rappaport, of course being a cop, feeling he's under attack. Goes wild. All of a sudden the two perps in the other car are dead. And Michael Rappaport's got a lot to answer to because there's no weapon. But this is how corrupt these cops in New York are. Somebody tries to plant it. It gets turns into a mess. So the idea is to pretend that Murray has jumped off the bridge while Harvey Keitel, uh, who apparently is the man that runs the show here with all the cops. He plays Ray Donlin until he figures out what to do. And uh, the idea is basically, Freddie has been living in this town has been well, he's been running this town for ten years, and he's been so blinded by the fact that the town has nothing but New York cops living in it that he just feels hey, it's it's cops, you know there's there's no crime, there's no this and no that. But what he doesn't realize is that basically the town has been a front for the mob. And basically crime has been so low because the New York cops are in on the take. So Freddie realizes this, wakes up and decides that it's time to do some action and to figure out how to do it. Um, Great film. At first, you know, at first I was trying to figure out. What was wrong with 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 Sylvester Stallone's character? Because he kind of just seems like, ah, man, I don't know, I don't know how best to describe it. It just he seems kind of like an idiot savant. I don't know at first because you just kind of like he's just kind of out there, you know. He's not, he's not like the rest of these guys. He's kind of uh, he's he doesn't see. Really, the evil in people. He gives people a chance. He uh, doesn't judge. Those kind of things. So he's not like he's not your typical cop in that sense. And then you got all these figures like you know Harvey Keitel and Ray Liotta and uh, Robert Patrick who are just like scumbag cops, right? And in the film, the a big part of this film is the idea of right and wrong being blurred when it's misused by the people who are supposed to protect you, right? You know, we always heard, you know, to serve and protect. That is the big thing with with police officers. But what happens when they use the obvious power they have in that shield and they use it for the wrong? Right, and then you know you have a guy here who's your sheriff who still believes in the shield right, and believes that there's good in the shield, and that people just have good and bad days, you know what I mean, like hey, sometimes hey, shit happens, you know what I mean, like like uh you know, we just found out Joey's been cheating on his wife, hey, it's a bad day, you know what I mean, and uh. You know Harvey Keitel. He's uh, you know his character Ray Donlin. It's just a really well connected guy. Like he just uh, he's he's so good at his job. He just he has connections, right? I mean, that's what life is all about, according to him. You know, making connections and uh, obviously making connections with powerful people because he tries to instill that into Freddie. Like, see, he'll make one phone call, maybe. You could become a, a city cop. But that's not really... The sad part about it is... I think Freddie eventually wakes up. And realizes... That they've been treating him like a joke. Basically, like... New York City cops... Have been filling him with this idea of... You know, Freddie, you're doing a good job handling this town. But... Sort of like saying, you couldn't handle New York City. Let's just face it. You know what I mean? So you're good at what you do down here. And it's basically close your eyes and turn around to what we're doing. And he just had enough. You know, he's had enough. And he says, enough is enough. And I think that, you know, the major theme, like I said again, is that idea of right and wrong. And what happens when it's blurred. Right, because you're cops, and there's this other side to it too. Because a big portion of the film is Robert De Niro versus Harvey Keitel. Right, that's another factor in this film, another subplot. Because Robert De Niro plays a guy named Mo Tilden who works for internal affairs, and there's that idea of you know, Harvey Keitel treating him like he's a fucking rat, basically, is what Harvey Keitel says about, you know, Mo Tilden's character, played by Robert De Niro. Basically, he's a rat. You know, he, he's a cop who turns in other cops. But is that really what he is? Or is he just a guy who's there to make sure that cops are put in check? Right? That there's checks and balances that need to be followed. And that's a big theme. Right? Because all of a sudden, now it's like, it's another line that's blurred. Okay, well, what is Robert De Niro supposed to do in this film? Yeah, I get it. You know, The Shield, it's a brotherhood. But checks and balances need to be put in place when things have been abused. Okay? When cops... Start abusing the shield. And that's what Robert De Niro is there for. Um, again, I tried figuring out why this film wasn't bigger than it was. I just don't get it. I feel like this is one that that flew under the, the, the radar of sorts. And it just kind of boggled my mind. So the budget has been. So this is an estimated budget according to IMDb. It was estimated at 15 million. Now, gross Canada, U.S., worldwide, the film grossed 44 million 862, which is a profit. So it's a profit, right? And it made 13 million, uh, 13.5 million in its opening weekend, which I guess is good. I don't know, uh, but you would think. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doubled its it's uh it doubled its budget. So why wasn't it a bigger film? So I had to do some research, and one of the things I found so it was released August 15th, 1997. And it's hard to figure out um uh, you know, exactly uh But all I know is that for the month of August, apparently, according to this, I'm looking at it. So, Copland came in fifth. And according to this, so, the Conspiracy Theory, Spawn, G.I. Jane, and the Full Monty all made more money than that. And even, except for the Full Monty, they all... uh, Copland only really beat out G.I. Jane opening weekend because Spawn and Conspiracy Theory made 19 million. This is kind of confusing, but so you got to look at it that way. So, I mean, even Air Force One, you know, grossed a total of 97 million. So this is 97. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, you got beat out by Men in Black, George of the Jungle, Spawn, Conspiracy Theory, and Air Force One is basically. What it got beat out by. So you can see why it was kind of one of those films. That kind of flew under the radar. So to speak. Um, but it still beat out films like Contact. G.I. Jane. Event Horizon. Airbud, Bud. Uh, Nothing to lose. How to be a player. Face Off. Which was also that year. Uh, Face Off came out June 27th of 97. So yeah. I mean it's. It's uh this is definitely a hidden gem. I really suggest checking this out. If you want a great uh, just character study kind of film and and see great actors just do what they do. I mean, Robert Patrick knows how to play, you know, one of those scumbag kind of characters. Like, you look at him and you know I'm like, like, yeah, he's a cop, but that's a scumbag cop, right? He just has that look. Robert Patrick has that look. In this. You know. And then you look at Peter Berg. And you say. You know what. Yeah. That cop's a scumbag too. But. You can see. He kind of teeters the line. Of of trying to be a good guy. And also a scumbag. At the same time. And it doesn't really work. uh, Because it's eating him up inside. You can tell that. I mean. There's so many great. And you. And like. Harvey Keitel's character. You can so tell. That guy is as dirty. As it comes. Right? He's just got that thing about him. That swag about him. He he walks around like he's a mob boss. And that his shit doesn't stink. And he's a cop. Right? And he's running all these New York City cops. So, I mean, you could tell. It's, it's great. You know, they really do paint the villains and the heroes, you know, very well in this film. I mean, Sylvester Stallone... His character represents the good in the world, right? The good, what police officers are supposed to be to serve and protect. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he represents. And then Ray Liotta, his character still reminds me of Henry Hill at the end where he's... You remember Henry Hill in the end of of Goodfellas when he's running around all paranoid about whether the cops are watching him or not, you know, and he's all messed up on cocaine and and whatever else. Well, I mean, that's exactly what this cop. So this is like, like Henry Hill as a cop in the paranoia stage, right? He's all about conspiracies, and he feels fucked over, and, you know, he's looking at Stallone's character and saying, you should be more pissed off, and then, you know, in the meantime, he's still being a scumbag too, but he teeters that line as well, where he's kind of, uh, he's that, uh, that, that, that game changer character. That's what I would say Ray Liotta is the game changer character who, at the drop of a dime, changes the game forever. There you go. I definitely think you guys should check this out. It's, it's a great movie. Um, yeah, I'm giving it an A minus for a final grade. That is my grade right there. Check it out, Copland. You won't be you won't be sorry. That's for sure.